Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this brief tour, this quick tour of the scriptures, teaching us about the role and responsibility of governments and the responsibility of Christians in relation to that government. This tour has taken us from Genesis and that vital word of rule or dominion through the Old Testament and the lessons it provides, and most recently to the preamble of the Great Commission, where Jesus said that all authority in heaven and on earth belonged to him. With all that still resonating in our minds, we are set to take up the passage that we read together from 1 Peter 2 and the verses 13 and following. Listen to what the Apostle writes. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you are like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In these verses, after calling his readers to be subject to all authority, a broad and far-reaching command, the apostle gets specific, speaking directly to servants, a class of people that would unsurprisingly find this particular aspect of the Christian life difficult, And so to encourage them in their submission, he directs their attention to Jesus, who submitted to far worse and responded with great humility and trust in the Father. And it is this call to submission that we want to reflect on. Submitting is not easy for any of us at the best of times. Ever since the fall into sin, when we refuse to submit to God's will for our lives, we have struggled to accept any authority in our lives. We vastly prefer independence and autonomy. That's what makes a child petulantly say, I can do it myself. It's what makes us angry at the police officer for pulling us over when we're speeding. And it's what makes us declare, he's not my president or my prime minister. Wherever and whenever we come under authority, whether at home, at school, or in society generally, our instinctive and natural reaction is to push back. To be sure, we're not as bad as we can be. And we certainly willingly submit to authority that we agree with. 
but in the main, I think we all sense this resistance to authority in our hearts. And it is precisely for this reason that Christians can stand out in a fallen world as those redeemed in Christ by submitting to those in authority over them. In the 19th century, a Dutch politician and historian by the name of G. Groen van Prinsterer wrote a book entitled Unbelief and Revolution. The premise of the book is its title, that is, that unbelief produces a revolutionary spirit in the heart of man. The book focused particularly on the effects of the French Revolution a century before. The strong connection demonstrated in this book between unbelief and revolution led Abraham Kuyper, a Dutch preacher and theologian, as well as the Prime Minister of the Netherlands during the early years of the 20th century, to name his political party the Anti-Revolutionary Party. For Kuyper, submissiveness was the hallmark of the Christian citizen and political party. And we could use a fair bit of that Christian ethic in these days. More and more, we're told about our rights and told that government exists to satisfy our needs. Fed on this diet of self-centeredness, like the petulant child, we are angered when we don't get what we want and tend to throw a hissy fit. Only now such fits involve rioting and the declaration of autonomous zones within our cities. Is it any wonder that our world, which seeks its good in this moment, in this life, without any real hope for the future, responds so violently when their rights are infringed upon? Now, don't misunderstand. This doesn't mean that Christians have to simply take the abuse and get over it, although that may be what we're called to in time. There are still respectful avenues we can take to seek redress and protection from those who would do us harm. But as Jesus' example reminds us, the way to glory is not the way of self-assertion, but the way of self-sacrifice. And the call of the believer is ever increasingly to evidence this self-sacrifice by submitting to those in authority over them, even when they are rulers that have no love for the church. It's no easy thing to do, but we do it because we trust our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ our Lord. We trust the Father because we know his plans for us, plans of a glorious future when we will live in unbroken fellowship with him and his people on a purified and perfect world. We know that world is coming because Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is more than just another miracle like the raising of Lazarus or Jairus' daughter. Jesus' resurrection was the coming to life of a new reality, a new life, a new existence, one that is free from the power of sin. As surely as Jesus arose, therefore, so sure can we be that a new world is coming, one in which there is no abuse, no selfish politicians interested in only padding their own pockets, no unjust laws, no oppressive racist systems, none of the sorrows that mark this fallen world. Looking forward to that day, we can hold the things of this life lightly. We have an inheritance that can neither spoil nor fade, which means losing the things of this life is no great loss when we see it in perspective. Far more important for the believer must be experiencing and expressing the resurrected power of Christ in our daily living, the Sabbath blessing that enables us to rest from our sinful nature. To borrow an image from G.K. Chesterton, since dead things float with the current, and living things swim against it. 
the believer joyfully swims against the current of our sinful culture by being submissive and respectful. We look past the person who holds the office to the one who has instituted the office, and we trust that one, for he has sent his son to die for us, and he loves us with a perfect love in Jesus Christ. Being confident in him, like Jesus before us, we willingly surrender our rights as a testimony that we are in Christ and that he's in us. It's a challenging calling, one that certainly involves cross-bearing, but it's a witness our world needs to see and hear. And that's what we need to do as those who are Christians in a fallen world. We need to witness to our world of a greater confidence of a hope and a future that is beyond anything that can be found in this world, that while it is important that politicians fulfill their task and calling, ultimately there's a brokenness in this life that can only be fixed by Jesus Christ. We look forward to the day when he will return and when he will stand upon the earth and we will enter into unbroken fellowship with him and his people when we will live with him for eternity. Until then, let us be a witness to the world of that confidence. And let us show the world what it means to submit to the government, especially the government we disagree with, that they may know that there is a great king who reigns and rules in our hearts and whom we love more than the things of this life. Thank you for spending your time with us and blessings on your day.